everybody welcome to movie blast with bob and bax i'm bob and i'm bax and we're the movie blast man that's us happy valentine's day happy valentine's day to all all of our listeners out there yeah you losers man i am not gonna call you guys losers man bax that's evil how how is it evil to not call people i'm not even gonna unpack it (laughs) (laughs) i mean you guys are good people. We appreciate you listening. I, I definitely appreciate everybody listening. So, uh, Bax, we watched a movie called My Bloody Valentine, and hence why it's a Valentine's Day movie. Indeed. And, and we did, um, we watched the OG, the 1981 one, not the 2009 one. Do you want to hit them with those movie facts real quick? I, I could, yeah. We could just dive into it like that. So... This was released on February 11th of 1981. I think that's kind of cool because we're recording this on February 12th. So, yeah, similar dates. Um, it was shot on a budget of $2 million. Box office, it did $7 mil. And I thought it was interesting because I guess, like, there was a lot going on with censorship in this film. Did you hear anything about that or, like, read anything about that? Yeah, I saw a little bit. Do you want to unpack it? Yeah, and I guess, like, from what I read, about, like, nine minutes-ish, um, was cut from the film. P- people thought that it was too saucy back in the day. So in 2009, Lionsgate got the rights, well, the DVD rights, if you will, and did like a re-release on DVD. And that had three minutes of additional footage with it. And that was also the same year Lionsgate released the remake of the film. Um, yeah, I think it probably, that's probably the version we watched was the Lionsgate version. I just think so. Like that's probably the one that was uploaded on the Voodoo, probably. Okay. So, um, do you have any other facts, backs? Yeah. Um, it, it was directed by John McHilka, and um, it was written. The screenplay was done by I think it's John Beard, and the story and concept credits go to Stephen Miller, and those are really all the facts I have for us. Yeah, I think this was riding the wave of Friday the Thirteenth. Like, that's my assumption is that this film was made like, nah, Friday the 13th, Valentine's Day, my bloody Valentine. I think that's how this concept started. This one slashers were hot, right? Yeah. This, and, and, and it's a good one. Like, it's not, it's not terrible. There are worse slashers out there. I absolutely agree. When we get to my final grade, I'll talk about that more. Mm-hmm. So let me just hit you with a spoiler alert. If you don't stop now... Go to go to Voodoo and look for this film and watch it. You're gonna find out people die on Valentine's Day because they wanted to party. That's a good short summary of the whole film. Yeah. So let me just hit you with uh, this synopsis. So the film starts and a woman is actually murdered in the mines at the start of the film. It's been 20 years since the last Valentine's Day dance, and they stopped holding the dance because of the mining incident. So uh, what happened is there was a collapse in the mine because these dudes who were running the mine really wanted to go to this party. They went. There was an explosion. Uh, five guys died, and this other guy survived by eating his friends and coworkers. So Harry Warden 
is this only survivor. And so he gets put into like an asylum and he, and the next year he comes back um, and kills everybody because they're holding the dance. So um, now, and so basically 20 years later, they're going to throw the dance again and people are getting these ominous messages and hearts in, in like boxes um, saying to cancel a dance or else. Um, so actual, actual human hearts, actual human hearts that he rips out of his victims. Yeah. Um, so the sheriff can't find him at the mental hospital. So they assume that Harry's back and the killer keeps killing people and leaving notes, uh, because the party's not stopping. Uh, so because the kids decide that they're actually going to throw a party in the mines, that's why he keeps going on his killing spree. So at the end, there's this big fight where you find out that Axel, whose father was killed by Harry Warden on Valentine's Day, the year after, um, is actually the killer. And spoiler alert, he ends up escaping and uh, setting up the sequel. So that's my bloody Valentine's Day, Bax. There it is. Canadian slasher. Yeah. Um, which is cool. I thought it was I thought it was a good movie. I like I was shocked that it was uh it was okay. Like it's the equivalent of uh what's that one that you really like that you watched all of them? Uh Halloween? No, 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 no. Not that good. Uh Slumber mm-hmm. it's it's uh Oh, Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway Camp. So like it's yeah. probably like in the same realm as that. Um, but yeah, I like Sleepaway Camp a little bit more, but that's because I'm biased. Yeah, it's true. You like that reveal at the end of Sleepaway Camp. It's iconic. It is very iconic, and it was, and it's definitely something you don't see coming. Yeah. So, like, spoiler alert on Sleepaway Camp. Like, don't read up on it before you watch it. Yeah, just watch it, and yeah. know, and know that backs it has a back seal of approval. It totally does, and, and the sequels aren't bad either. But we digress. Um. So. Bax, do you want to dive into what you didn't like about the film? Yeah. So the first thing that I noticed was the dialogue was really rough at times. Mm. And uh, like you just have these people walking out of the thing like, I can't wait to go to the party. Oh, gee, golly, gosh. Uh, I'm going to wear something so scandalous. I'll be killed. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a lot of foreshadowing, a lot of heavy handed foreshadowing. What's something you didn't dig? I, I agree with that for sure. It was like a pacing thing to me. Like, I feel like there's, as the film starts, like you get some action, like you get some kills, like there's some heart-shaped boxes that are being opened up. There's human hearts in it, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm into it. And I think it's once you get to the point, and like you're saying, the teens want to have the party still, like even though the, like, the mayor and the sheriff want to cancel it. Mm-hmm. And it's just the teens partying. Like, if, to me, it felt like that dragged on for way too long. Just teens being dumb teens. Yeah. I think that, uh, so you know the bartender in town that's, like, telling everybody that they're going to die and stuff? That stuff I really enjoyed. I liked the bartender a lot. Yeah. I didn't like the fact that the bartender is killed trying to prank these kids. Like, I was pretty bummed out about that. Yeah, and for, like, him as a character, because he's really serious and sincere and stern... So for them to have an angle where it's like, but actually he's a prankster too. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that either. Yeah. Uh, the plot did feel loose. Uh, so it's kind of like, oh, like, 
it just this guy survived and whatever and blah blah and it's the timetable of everything happening seemed kind of far-fetched to get from point a to point b um to have axel switch out like get into gear get out of gear shove people's heads onto like shower faucets yeah like and then be back with his friends partying how did he get up and out of the mines so fast did we talk about how he's rocking the mining gear did you drop that in the synopsis i didn't so yeah he's dressed the killer is dressed as a miner like full-on miner gear like mask and like pickaxe and all of it yeah and uh he actually kills people with the pickaxe um a plot hole that i didn't really understand is who is the girl that's down in the mines with him at the beginning of the film that he kills like why wasn't anybody curious about what happened to her yeah they're they're not like hey what happened to rebecca like rebecca just got (laughs) lost in the mines like or she just she just left town she moved like she's dead there's no search party what when they're in the mine at the end and it's kind of getting close to the climax too. And there's one young lady and her boyfriend gets murdered and it's obvious that leaving is very important. Like people yes. are dying. You need to get out of the mine, but she's really attached to her dead boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I feel like that kind of plays into like you're saying too, like the characters, like, come on guys, like you should know better. And then another young lady like slaps her, like you, you need to get out of it. And I was like, yeah, like you had the slap coming. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I did like that the chubby guy ended up with a pretty girl. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was good. So the fat guy wasn't just like, oh, mm, that guy doesn't have any luck with girls. You know what I mean? That whole trope. And he had so, a really good mustache. He did. That was before yeah. mustaches were even cool. Um, Baxter, you're going to grow one like that. Go ahead. Who's a better character, the bartender or the chubby guy with the mustache? I mean, the chubby guy with the mustache comes over and he's like eating this meal, talking to his friend like, you got to be nicer. Like, I like the guy was kind of cool. I liked him. Yeah. I think for like uh, the for the bartender to be the guy who's like warning people of the impending doom and having that character. That's that is a huge thing in slasher films. Yeah. This has like this follows all of the rules that were defined by like in Scream. Like if you don't say that you're going to be right back because you're going to be dead um, and all of that. So um, how do you feel about like when they had that room with all of like the shirts? You know what I mean? Like you p- pull a string and, a sh- and like their clothes come down. Like I, it, it's like mining gear, right? Like apparently yeah. the mining gear is like hanging up above them. And these two young people that were at the party are like getting away so they can get intimate a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that didn't really do anything for me either. Just like mining gear falling down. No. Yeah, well, I mean, so the, the, the killer's dropping all this mining gear. The girl keeps on like, Whoa! every time like the mining gear shows up. Um, and the guy then, so she's dead. The guy comes back, doesn't go like, hey, who dropped like 40 of these mining gears? <laughs> And he's just like, ooh, it's time to get busy in the shower. So yeah. that he goes in there and he like, it takes him like a minute to realize that her head has been like attached to a shower head. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it, and I'm just sitting there going like, man, like you see that? You run. She's Absolutely. You're, she's gone. And, uh, and also like, you know that there's people that are still partying and you should probably inform them that, yeah, like weird things are afoot. Yeah, like that would have been a thing that I would have changed. Like, that should be the dude who makes it to the top of the mine, gets in there, and then a pickaxe just hits him in the back, and then they scatter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then there's people still trapped in the mine. There's nobody up there to help them. Like, then they're really isolated. 
I don't know. That's something I would change, but eh. um, is there anything else you didn't like, Bax? I don't there was one part and it's I don't know if it's so much I didn't like it. I was not sure about how I felt. I feel like a lot of the time in slashers, or maybe like horror movies in, in general, authority figures don't take things seriously early on. Like things really have to get set off before like the sheriff is like, okay, like we need to handle this. Yeah, kind of like in Jaws. Yes. So this was interesting because early on in the film, I believe it was the sheriff opens up heart-shaped box and there's a human heart in it and he's like, oh no, not again, right? Right. So that was kind of refreshing to me, the sense that like these authority figures know that something's going on. But then it comes to a point, they're like, but we want to keep it low key, right? Like we don't want there to be a stir. Mm. So like this lady that's obviously been murdered, they're like, but you guys tell everybody that she had a heart attack, right? I think they were trying to like sweep it under the rug, but still cancel things to not freak everybody out. Like Definitely. They, were, they were still going to cancel it. So they were going to follow what the killer asked them to do. Yeah. But they're not like calling on other cops. Like they're not like putting anybody else on notice. Like I think a heart box shows up, you call somebody. It, exactly. Yeah. That's where I was at with it. It's like, I don't know if we really need to sweep this under the rug. I feel like when you found enough heart shaped boxes with these human hearts inside, you could probably ask for some help. For sure. I agree with that. But at least they weren't like, nope, the dance has to go on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're sort of redeeming. That's the dumb teens that say the dance has to go on. Well, and then they were like, they canceled it and they were like, no, we're going to party in the mines. And, and, and just, it just so happens that one of the kids, uh, dad owns the mine, so he's got keys to everything and stuff. There's, there's just a lot of coincidence. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, a thing that I enjoyed was like at the beginning of the film, it hits you the Dutch tilt. Uh, Dutch tilt is when the camera is tilted and you, it is supposed to like let you know that bad things are about to happen. It's a foreshadowing thing that a camera can do for you. It's, it's used a lot. Um, it's not used a lot now. It's, it'll occasionally happen or subtle Dutch tilts, but not like this had like a full on 45 degree tilt. Um, but yeah, so uh, things. What's your favorite kill in the entire movie, Bax? I like when the older lady is discovered, and she's in the dryer. Yeah, I like the dryer death too. That was my favorite. And like leading up to it, when like the heart shaped box is there and she opens it up and like it has a poem. The fact that like the killer is poetic, right? Like he leaves people these like things that are like, oh, it's kind of sweet, but it's also like warning me that he's gonna murder people. Yeah. Sorry, she's dead. Here's a box filled with her head. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, it's messed up. Uh, I thought the, uh, I already said that bartender was awesome. I totally agree with that. And, uh, the hot dog water kill. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I'm like, A Axel, these are your friends. Like, why are you killing all your friends? I just had, I had, that was the thing that I like didn't understand why he was doing what he was doing. But um, I like that. Uh, so the, there's a girl in the film, her name's Sarah. Um, and both these guys, the, the guy who came back from the big city and uh, Axel um, are both involved with her. And she has, they, they, they were like, no, like they had Sarah say, I'm not interested in being with you. Like I can make up my own decisions. I can talk for myself. So I thought it was cool that they had a strong female character in a 1981 film. 
And she slaps her friend. She slaps her friend right in the face. Yeah. Which I enjoyed. Um, so Bax, Bob, do you have any final thoughts or things that you want to say about my bloody Valentine? I think we covered everything pretty well. And it's like, if there was one thing that I would have had, the one thing I would have done differently, it would have been just more of the positives and like less of the negatives. Right. Mm -hmm. So like more poems and less dumb teens partying and like more kills and less dumb teens partying. Like that's the only thing I could think that I would have mixed up. Like, so like, like we're saying it's an enjoyable slasher. Yeah, I think that was like a pacing thing. So like basically like all the scenes were like, okay, kill, back to the kids. What do kids do? And these are just old guys writing <laughs> films. They're like, I guess I just party. Yeah. I guess we're just going to write a party. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like even they're like, well, they're just hanging out at a junkyard. Like who does that? Like it, it's just weird to see where these kids are hanging out. And I, I was not alive in 1981. So maybe that was a thing that they did was like, Hey guys, we're going to the junkyard and like, Oh man, I'm in. Well, <laughs> and, and what was, what was your boy grilling food on? What was mustache guy? Was he like grilling it? Like on the engine of his car? Yeah. Like he was like cooking like a ready to eat meal. Like just his little steel tray. Yeah. It just was weird. Um, yeah. The 80s were a weird time. And, and they're those mining guys, right? It's so like they hang out in the mine. They chill in the junkyard. They've all got attractive girlfriends. Yeah, like every girl. So there are eight girls in town. And there are always the eight guys. And I'm like, how big was your high school? 16 people? And, and everybody had a match. Everybody had a match. And it's just like, well. Uh-huh. And that's why, the, that's why the fat guy ended up with an attractive girl. It's just like, I guess, I guess this is a grenade I have to jump on. Yeah, yeah. So, but he had the mustache. He did, and he was a nice guy. He was kind to her and stuff. He's my uh, favorite character. He's your favorite character? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he was a good guy. I like the bartender a lot. I just liked how he's like, "I'm being serious." Man, bartender, why why you play pranks? Take out the part where he's playing pranks. Like that's not him. Yeah. Well, I mean, bartender, he, they, this isn't you. They had to get him there. They had to. They had to like. <laughs> They, they were like, ah, oh, we just really need to get more people killed in the script. Uh, there was a bartender. Let's get the bartender up there trying to play a prank on these kids. The prank was kind of neat because sho- he shoved like a mannequin with a pickaxe in, a, in uh, like in the door. Yeah. And so he's like sitting there like playing with it. He opens it three times in a row and just keeps laughing about it. He's, and then he's super like, with himself. Oh, just one more time. <laughs> opens it a fourth and then he gets killed by the actual killer. Yeah. So, and I'm just like, if you just opened it two and you'd left, you'd be fine. You wouldn't have died. So, um, Bax, what does the internet think about this movie? I feel it's interesting to me because the fact that this got a remake, maybe that doesn't say much. Maybe a lot of films get remakes, but I feel like within the horror genre, like this slasher gets talked about more than some others for me personally. Like that was my impression going into it. So I thought the ratings might be a little bit higher, but um, IMDb, it's got a 6.3, which for an 80 slasher actually isn't that shabby of a rating. If you go over to Rotten Tomatoes, 47% of their critics gave it a positive review and 51% of the general audience did. So Rotten Tomatoes, it's pretty much split down the middle, you know? All right, Bax. So now that we know what the internet thought, let's figure out what the real internet thinks by going to the YouTube comment section. Oh, hi, YouTube. So, 
I dedicated this movie to my ex-girlfriend. I'm not sure how to unpack that. I'm afraid. I wish there was a way to report him to like some sort of watch list because I'm afraid that his ex-girlfriend's heart might end up in a box. Man, that's dark. Um, An excellent Canadian slasher. One of the first horror movies I've seen back in the 80s as a child. So... I like that he's positively viewing the film. I don't know how I feel about him watching it as a child. Yeah. Because this one, I think child, I think young. Yeah. I think, like, this warped this child. It might be the (laughs) same guy that's like, you know what? It was a great film. I had a good time. Now I know what to do with my ex-girlfriend. Man. Time travel. uh, I hate in the remake, they made Harry Warden kill his colleagues for air instead of eating them. How do you feel about that? I like his commitment to my bloody valentine and like the lore of it you know like he's like hey don't misrepresent my boy harry warden yeah they're like you have to be chewing on someone when we find you but like the cannibal thing is like it amplifies harry warden in his spookiness right so i can see where the guy's coming from i mean if he's still a cannibal he should be eating the bodies of the, of the people that he's killing so i'm just saying but but it wasn't him because it was axel I know, but it was the perfect crime, though. Hmm. I don't think it is. <laughs> um, I don't like my response to that when I go, hmm. An underappreciated slasher film. If it had ended differently, it could have very well been another Friday the 13th. Can you imagine if there were like 10 My Bloody Valentines? I mean, at some point, the people would be like, you know what? We've tried. You know what? Actually, different universe this is actually where Footloose takes place. So after My Bloody Valentine, there is no dancing, there is no partying because of the My Bloody Valentine's Day murders. Yes. There you go. Um, saw this when I was about seven years old. Gave me nightmares for months. Thanks, Dad. What's going on with these, these young, these youths? Like, younger than youths, these kids. I don't, I don't like that. I mean... If I was to have a child, this is not what I would w- let a seven-year-old watch. Like, what were we watching when we were seven? Dude. <laughs> what was Bax watching when we were seven? When was I watching Digimon? When was Digimon the hotness? Probably. I was, I, was, I was that kid that liked Digimon more than Pokemon. You know they were roasting me at school about that. And I was like, but man, they can talk, though. I mean, Pikachu can talk. But Digimon can talk though, and like Digimon, like they evolve, but then like they go back to their earlier forms, and like they're cute when they're young. But I, 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 I was a Digimon guy. I still don't know what Digimon are. So, <laughs> uh, what's so scary about a man dressed in a coal miner's outfit? I actually think the coal miner's outfit is pretty spooky, especially yeah. the mask. I mean, apparently this guy's not afraid of just somebody in a mask like wielding a pickaxe. That dude's walking around my city, just just walking around the pickaxe. I'm gonna be like, you know what? I don't need to go outside. I'm fine. I'm now. I'm thinking about the guy that was saying it could have been another Friday the Thirteenth, and like you take the guy in the coal miner's outfit, but put him in different places. So like in space, like my bloody Valentine in space, mm-hmm. or like in Manhattan, and he's just walking around the streets of the Big Apple, right? Or like versus Freddy Krueger. <laughs> He's like, but but I have this pickaxe. Don't you understand? Man, who who's my bloody Valentine guy going to face off with in his in his crossover future? I'm pretty sure you just get ripped in half by Jason Voorhees. 
Okay. Yeah. That's what, if gave, what if they gave him Pinhead? Could he take Pinhead? Probably not. Wait, he can't even take Pinhead? Pinhead's got some weird stuff on his side. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's got this like demonic box and like one headbutt and this guy's gone. Man. Yeah. Could he take the leprechaun? No. You know, I mean, he was in a mine. I'd be like, oh, you like gold? I like mining. Let's work together. And then that, then they're trying to kill people together. That's the, that's the franchise. That, that's the crossover. That's the crossover that we all really want. Yeah. And Leprechaun. Warwick Davis is a fantastic actor. Um, I love him. He's, he's the perfect human being. Did you buy that Leprechaun collection for the voodoo? Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen. It, so it's in there. It's happening. We are going to do a Leprechaun episode 2019. Man, hit us up on the gram and let us know which one you want us to watch. Um, yeah, we'll take it seriously. And we'll let you know that we're not going to listen to your opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Baxwell. And then he'll convince me too. Yeah. Um, so anyways, those are the YouTube comments, Bax. Man, YouTube. You wild. Yeah. It's a fun place. <laughs> So, did you ever watch Monster Vision, Bax? No, I'm totally sleeping on Monster Vision. Monster Vision was a thing back in the 1990s. It was like TNT. So, Joe Bob Briggs is now doing his shows on Shudder. And uh, so, he basically hosts. He's like a horror host, kind of like Elvira. But he's kind of like the kind of rednecky version of Elvira. But the dude knows a lot about stuff. So, there's a YouTube comment that I didn't know if you would have known about, about Monster Vision. So, shout out Monster Vision. Anyways, that's it. That's right. Man, what about the ballad, though, during the credits? What what do you mean, the ballad? Did you watch the credits? Man, of course I did. Not? Tell me Man, man, do do you really not know about the ballad? No, hit me with it. What's up? (laughs) When the credits are rolling, there's like a ballad getting sung, and it's like about Harry Warden. (laughs) Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I remember that now. Yep. How did you like that? I feel like it's more of a positive than a negative. You ballad guy. I'm not. The ballad's a highlight. Not for me. You're not a real slasher from the 70s or the 80s if you don't have a ballad in your credits. I think, didn't Madman have a ballad too? Madman totally had a ballad a gazillion percent. And there was another obscure slasher that I watched. Oh. I can't remember what it was called, but it was like last year when I was watching a lot of them. Like mm-hmm. Final Exam was one of them that I watched. They were a lot streaming on Prime. And one of those, like the, the credits had a ballad as well and like outtakes from the film. I think that like back in the day, it's like you needed to like have something like tie it all up. And I think that's what the song did. But now it's like, you don't need that. Just do well, just do well during the making of the film. Write a good story. And just end it. So. All right, Bax. If you had to grade this bad boy, yeah. what, kind, what kind of grade is it going to get? It's a solid B. Like, there's a lot of slashers out there. That's for sure. There's a lot of slashers that are worse than this one. Like, Final Exams, one of them that I personally enjoy more than I should. Like, this is leaps and bounds. I don't know what about leaps and bounds. It's leaps better than final exam you know so like 
I feel like compared to a lot of the other stuff that was getting put out, like 70s and 80s within the genre, I feel like My Bloody Valentine is is a cut above. It's one of the better ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to say that it's a C plus. Because, uh, like, let's just say Cabin in the Woods is an A, right? Friday the 13th, probably there's a couple of them that are in the Bs for me. Um, Halloween's an A. And so, like, this is the C-plus for me. It's, uh, it's one of those ones that I'm not going to go back to every year. Like, it's not – even though it's around a holiday, I'm not, I'm not itching to be like, hey, everybody, let's watch My Bloody Valentine. I'll probably watch, this, like, the next one next year or something the remake? like that. Yeah, the remake. Your dude from Supernatural's in it. Is it Jensen? Jensen Eccles? Yeah. So, I like him a lot. That's your boy. Uh, I only watched one of – I only only watched it once, so it's due for a rewatch. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was funny that both he and uh, the other guy from Supernatural, he did My Bloody Valentine, and uh, the other guy did uh, Friday the 13th remake. He, so, yeah, yeah, he's totally in there. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty neat that they both went. They're like, you know what? I'm going to go make a horror film. I'm like, me too. Let's go do it. So, what's up? I was thinking about another remake, House of Wax. Mm. And Jared Padalecki and Chad Michael Murray are both on that one. So I was just thinking about like teen heartthrobs that are in slasher remakes. Yeah. It's definitely like that, like making old horror movies again. I would rather just see something like Happy Death Day, which is a new take on on a slasher film, um, genre bending, stuff like that. Uh, and I think that that's that's a great film. So if you're if you're looking for something spooky, watch Happy Death Day and the sequel just came out. Yeah, man. We so, leave the theaters, check that one out. Yeah. You let us know how it is by hitting us up in the DMs on Instagram. Absolutely. We we would love to engage with you guys on the gram. Movie Blast Podcast. Come by, hit us with a DM. Um, if you follow us, you, we'll post when we're gonna do movies. You can see the episodes when they drop and stuff. If you leave us a comment, we'll respond to your comments. So Absolutely. If you want to engage with us at all, which thanks for wanting to engage with us. If you do, the gram's definitely the way to do it. Yeah. And since it's Valentine's day, and if you want to get engaged, Bax is out there, ladies. So <laughs> just hit him in the DMS uh, for the movie blast. Just cause we both can see what's the conversations going like. It might be him responding. It might be me. You don't know. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you're looking for other podcasts, Gamezilla, Legend of Retro, Last Action Podcast, Noobs and Dragons, and then Noiseland Arcade, all on GamezillaMedia.com. Go check them out. Good peoples. Agreed. So, um, yeah. I mean, I hope you have a fantastic Valentine's Day. And uh, hope you get to eat chocolates. Don't get killed with a pickaxe. If you guys have Hungry Howies around you, Hungry Howies has a heart-shaped pizza this week you should get one is that a michigan thing um howie's is like based out of michigan like it started in much of detroit but i don't know how like widespread they are yeah i don't know either i don't think there's any over here but i saw an ad for it mm, yeah heart-shaped but, pizza there you go yeah papa john's also does a heart-shaped pizza Do they? yeah i think so okay they're everywhere so um anyways yeah i guess let them know Bax. well See you.
Bob and Bax.